Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi friends, I'm Nadi Okamoto and I'm so excited to talk with you all today. I am feeling really resilient today because I am bloated. I'm ovulating. I know that because my discharge has been clear and gooey. I actually posted a video with my discharge on TikTok a few days ago, and it has been very controversial, but it got like 2.5 million views. So you know what? We're just going to let the haters keep boosting me in the algorithm. It'll be all good. All that to say, though, I'm sitting here with my week before period body and mood swings and really excited to talk to you about something that I have been nervous to talk about publicly, and that is my relationship with medication. Um, For those of you who've been listening for a little while right now, you might know that I have major depressive disorder and PTSD and BPD, you know, so many acronyms that just mean a lot of anxiety and depression. Um, And so a little trigger warning for talking about antidepressants and depression. Um, And, you know, I think that there is such a stigma in our culture around this idea of medication because it's the idea that I naturally in and of itself, just in my own brain, am not, you know, calm enough to live a normal human life. And to be honest, I grew up with that belief in my own head, which is why I put off the idea of using meds for so long. I grew up in a household with a single mom and two younger sisters. And my mom, you know, is not as Eastern medicine-y as my Taiwanese grandmother, but she is very anti-medication. I grew up in a family where using ibuprofen or Advil was the last resort. It was something that you went to after you had days of stretching if you were sore or you were using Arnica cream and just trying to massage out the 
the bruise. And so I think that for me, the idea of ever going on medication for my mental health is something that I honestly turned down every single time it was offered. And it was offered a lot, you know, middle school, high school, anything about anxiety, um, distractions or otherwise, I was often offered medication and I just kept saying no, no, and no. And that was kind of how I thought about it until last year. And last year, literally in July 2020, I was admitted into a residential rehab place. And I often get asked if I was admitted voluntarily. And I was. At the same time, it didn't feel voluntary in the sense that going to rehab in that moment felt like the only possible option. I had gotten to a point in my own mental health rock bottom where I was waking up every day in panic attacks and I was feeling like I couldn't even make small decisions like if I was tired, if I was hungry, if I was hungry, what I wanted to eat, if I could speak loud enough. Like, I mean, for any of you, you who follow me or anything or know me, I'm a very loud, unfiltered person. That's why we're sitting here talking about vaginal discharge and depression. That being said, I, in this mental health rock bottom, became almost mute. I wasn't saying anything for two weeks. I was waking up watching TV for 12 hours. And so the decision for me to go to residential rehab, while it was my own decision, I think I had gotten to a point where my depression was so overwhelming. It was like, well, I'm just wasting away here. Like, what's really the point, right? Like, I'm living a life that I'm not proud of. Proud of. I'm, I'm living a life that doesn't feel very purposeful. So if I have to go to rehab and that's going to make me feel like I have some sort of purpose or direction, then so be it. And so to be honest, I went to residential rehab kind of with this mindset of feeling like I was at the last resort. And because of that, um, and because of just feeling sick of feeling that way and having suicidal ideation for the first time since I was in high school, um, I said yes to going on medication. And here's the thing that I've learned about our American healthcare system. It is very hard to get off of meds, but it is very easy to get meds. And that is something that I really had to learn the hard way. And I want to preface all of this by saying, I'm about to tell you like my unfiltered journey with antidepressants and medication and how it's changed my life for the better. At the same time, I am no medical expert. I am not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist. And I'm gonna give you my very honest critique of what the journey has been like. So I show up to rehab, I am on zero medication. I've maybe taken melatonin in my life, but other than that for sleeping, my mom has given me lavender oil sprays every now and then on my pillow and it is not working. And so I show up and part of your regimented being at rehab is that you have a full schedule of things to do every single day. Um, at dinner every single night, we were handed a paper printout of our schedule for the next day. And it often included, you know, several hours of personal individual therapy in the morning, several hours of group therapy in the afternoon, um, and then a psychiatry appointment appointment once or twice a week and some sort of like art therapy or music therapy throughout the day as well. Um, and so my first day in rehab, I have an appointment with a psychiatrist and I am prescribed, um, 50 milligrams of Zoloft and, uh, she just sends me on my way and I start taking it that night. And of course it doesn't start working right away. And, you know, I'm doing my own research and I'm learning that there are consequences of, you know, different meds work for different people, but we're just going to try it out. And the next week I have a meeting and she asks me, how are you feeling? And I say, 
well, I'm still in rehab. I'm still struggling to fall asleep. And, you know, I'm still having suicidal ideation, not to the same level I was two weeks ago. Um, I'm not feeling like a whole different person and I'm still feeling rather sad. And she says, okay, let's bump you to 100 milligrams and let's put you on 50 milligrams of trazodone. Um, and trazodone is this magical pill that was in, originally an antidepressant and then it was taken off the market because of the drowsiness. So now it's used as a sleeping pill. And I loved trazodone. I loved trazodone to a dangerous degree because by that point, it was taking me about six hours to go to sleep every night. I was turning on a book, um, tossing and turning, um, worrying about so many things in my mind of what I didn't get done, what I wanted to get done, what I was doing the next day. Um, it was taking me four to six hours to go to sleep. And to be honest, I've had insomnia my whole life. Like even in elementary school, my mom would encouraged me to get out of bed and read a book and draw um, until I made myself so tired I passed out from exhaustion like every night. And so the idea of me popping a trazzy, which is what my family does not let me nickname it anymore because it is unhealthy, the idea of me having this pill that I could take and then a few minutes later zonk out was such a relief and it was so amazing. And yet it was something that I was really scared I was dependent on because it was this magical thing I had never experienced before, sleep, right? And I'm off trazodone now, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. But to be honest, the introduction of trazodone into my life was a really big turning point when I was in, in, was I, when I was in inpatient care to be like, rest is good. Oh, I like rest. You know, this is something I'm capable of, right? And what does it look like for me to develop the natural practices of putting myself to sleep so that I can wean off of this drug as well? Um, Zoloft was a whole different story, right? Where I start feeling better, but every single week I go back to my psychiatrist and she asks me, am I feeling sad? Have I felt sad? Have I felt dissociated? And of course the answer is, Yes, at some point during the week, I have. I mean, I'm in, I'm in rehab. I don't know what's happening with my career. I'm still in a rough patch with my personal relationships. So am I feeling sad? Yes. And every time I was honest about that, I was bumped 50 milligrams. Until a few weeks in, I was at 300 milligrams of Zoloft. And I share all this to say because... While it worked, right, four weeks in, I'm feeling better, I'm feeling happier. Suddenly, I'm not experiencing suicidal ideation on a daily basis in a way that I have, you know, throughout my life at different points. It was this amazing turning point. But isn't it kind of ridiculous that I was there for six weeks and jumped from zero to 300? And the answer for me to bump my my dosage of Zoloft was simply me saying I was sad. And that in and of itself is what I think is wrong with how we are prescribed medication for mental health in this country. And I've had so many friends who've had similar experiences where the healthcare system thinks that sadness and feeling regular emotions of being human and hormonal are something that need to be cured, right? And they try to get you to, you, you to a point where you come in and you not only not feel sad, but you feel nothing. Right? Because part of this medication is that they're taking down your sensitivity to emotional experiences, meaning that when I was at 300 milligrams and counting and 50 milligrams of trazodone and was prescribed 100 milligrams of, of Ativan, which is very addictive that I refused to take, but I was still prescribed, 
I was getting to a place of feeling further dissociated, right? And dissociated, the phenomenon of being dissociated is really when you feel kind of detached from your body. And that's really dangerous for me because part of my diagnosis with um, PTSD is feeling dissociated already, right? It's a coping mechanism of when your body has gone through so much that the only way to cope through it is that you pretend like you're not living in this body, right? You know, you grow up through childhood trauma and the only way to live through that moment and be resilient is to think that did not happen to me because I was not present, right? So for me, I got to a scary point when I was let go from rehab and I was very scary to I was very scared to go out into the world but I was experiencing things in life right whether coping with the fact that at the time I was in a really rough spot with relationships in my family or with friends and I was experiencing things that would have otherwise made me really sad right even reading the news right reading the news about the 2020 presidential election happening at the time and I was looking at it at these things that would other make me feel angry or upset and you know, the motivations of emotions that I like feeling. And instead I was feeling nothing. I was feeling this kind of like, well, yeah, like I'm not suicidal, but I'm like, I don't really feel like I need this, right? And what is crazy is that I transitioned to um, a, a new psychiatrist when I got out and it was the same routine every week being asked, am I feeling sad? Am I feeling numb? Well, maybe I'm not feeling numb, so I wanna feel more. But rather than pulling down my dosage on Zoloft, what if we add a new medication to this cocktail so we can have you feel, right? And so all this is happening and I am terrified because I've never experienced meds before. Nobody in my family has experienced meds even though I'm not the first person to do inpatient care. And at the time, I am dating someone who is vehemently against the idea of medication. And it's not because they think it means something's wrong with me or anything like that. But um, I've talked a little bit about him before, but my partner's name is Henry. And he grew up in Switzerland where the idea of like mental health discussion, medication is like not talked about in a way. You know, I recently went to Switzerland and it really is that culture where it's like, we're the best country in the world. We're all neutral and everybody has healthcare and there's no racism, but really it's because there's no people of color. You know, like it is very much this society where the idea of medication is like the last, last resort of like, if the world is gonna crash down on you, then you do it. But the, there's no such thing as being on medication for your whole life, right? And so every single day when he saw me take these medication and I would pop, you know, trazodone to go to sleep and it was a thing where I was, you know, very high energy, working a lot and then two, two minutes before midnight, I would pop a trazodone and then fall asleep, right? It was, I had this unhealthy relationship with it and it was similarly, if I got really stressed, I was being told by my psychiatrist to pop an Ativan, right? Something that is very addictive and I have expressed having an addictive behavior as well, right? So all these things were happening and meanwhile, I'm meeting with psychiatrists who are saying, well, Henry is wrong you know, the idea of medication being a long-term lifetime solution is the solution, right? And I would ask them, well, what does this, this look like three decades from now, four decades from now? And they would tell me, well, you know, sometimes our patients, they are on a medication and they keep trying it, their body might become a little bit more immune to it. So we try a different medication, right? And by the way, while I was in rehab, I was the youngest person there by several decades. And I was meeting people who had been on various, you know, antidepressants their whole life. And it was really scary to me because they were coming back to rehab 
multiple times when they had to make that medication transition. And that is not something that I wanted in my life. And so I'm not recommending this to people who are on medication, but I had to do this very scary thing where I felt cornered by my experiences with psychiatrists to take my own dosage into my own hands because I was turning to different treatment opportunities and being told if I am sad, I increase the dosage, not if I'm sad, I need to work through this trauma or I need to work through this therapy. And so I really had to do my own research. I had to go start doing hypnotherapy, which is something I was very skeptical of, but I wanted to experience as a new option um, and talk to my wiser traumatized self. And I decided to stop trazodone. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to Geico becomes an easy choice. Switch to Today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote unquote yes men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. And within a few days, I was going to sleep pretty regularly by doing guided meditation. And I think what I realized is that it wasn't this insomnia in me that I was going to snap right back to, but that what Trazodone did for me is that it convinced me that I was capable of sleeping and enjoying it. And that is something that I never grew up thinking because I grew up in hustle culture. I started my career in hustle culture where sleep was antithetical to the idea of being productive, of being a career woman on the rise of being a young entrepreneur, right? I grew up in this idea that if I go to sleep, I will hate it. I will feel like a piece of shit. I'll feel like worthless because I'm not achieving anything and I have to punish myself for going to sleep. And Trazodone was like, no, look, Nadia, we're going to force you to go to sleep and you're going to really love it. And so even when I got off that medication, I was able and feeling motivated to find other solutions. At the same time, coming down on Zoloft, my antidepressant, was much harder, but I'm really proud to say that I've taken myself down to about 50 milligrams a night. And that has honestly been one of the hardest, scariest things um, over the last few months. And it's something that, you know, all my psychiatrists kind of warned against. And so I'm not encouraging anybody else to do that. But for me, it really was, I started to get to a point where I was questioning why I was at such a high dosage after a month of trying medication and to me it wasn't the hard part wasn't experiencing the lower dosage it was the with the withdrawal right because this is literally a medication that is affecting your whole body and part of having anxiety and depression is like 
the cramps in your body, right? The chronic pain and the dosage of these medications is supposed to help you relax. And between getting from like 300 to 100 milligrams of Zoloft, I felt equally relaxed at both places. But in the process, the two weeks of going down, my whole body was cramped. I had headaches every day. I was in bed. I just had body cramps everywhere because my body was getting used to it. And it was honestly really scary. Um, but I'm on a dosage right now of antidepressants that I feel really good at. And um, there's not really any, you know, medical basis to like, oh, this is exactly the dosage I'm supposed to be at because of medication. I think I'm kind of treated it in the way that antidepressants should be treated, which is you go up slowly depending on what you need, right? And you listen to your body and what you need. But I share all of this not because I want to advise everybody out there to take their medication dosage into their own hands. That is absolutely not what I want to do at all. But I wanted to share this because it was part of my experience of learning the importance of self-advocacy when it comes to dealing with anything regarding your own health. Because I think that in working in you know, the space of period care or mental health, there are so many ways in which, one, what you're experiencing is completely independent to you right? At the same time, the doctor who you're talking to potentially over Zoom, who you've never met before, is not going to exactly know what your period pain is like, what your sadness is like, what your panic attacks are like. And a lot of experiencing drugs and medication is very much trying to take that time and really have that check into your own self and say, how is this affecting my body? How is this affecting my mind? You know, do I like feeling nothing, right? Is there something I can learn from the sadness? Is there something that the anxiety is trying to tell me, right? Is there something that this fear that I have without the medication, is that something I actually need to work through rather than ignoring, right? And so I think that a lot of what I want to share here is like mental health is this up and down roller coaster journey. And my experience with medication has taught me the importance of not just getting help, which is very important, but also making sure that you're you're taking charge and you're in charge of your own treatment because at the end of the day, it is your mind and your body and it's going to be hard, but it's your health. And the only person who's really dealing with the consequences of that to the biggest extent is yourself. And I wanna end by saying, I do not regret at all my decision of going on antidepressants and I, I've had to do a lot of work to release the shame of being able to say that. And I recently turned to Henry a couple weeks ago and I said, I'm at 50 milligrams of Zoloft and I feel perfectly happy with where I'm at. And he looked at me and he said, well, this really isn't a long-term solution, right? You really have to get off of this. And I finally was able to turn to him and have the vocabulary to say, well, my brain is different from your brain, right? My brain developed differently because of the prolonged trauma that I had to experience. When you go through trauma, like I learned that my hippocampus, which is like around short-term memory, is like developed differently. And my resting state is like freaking out, right? So if I need to have some chemical support to be able to even out my emotions, so be it, right? And maybe it's not the exact dosage for a long time, but at this moment, I need medication and I am very, very thankful to have the healthcare to be able to afford that, right? Um, and again, medication cannot exist in a silo. It's many different things, but what medication has brought to me is the ability to learn how to love resting and expose what it's like 
to not be so freaking out all the time. And to be honest, doing that work so I'm not mid-panic attack all the time is pretty fucking awesome. And what medication has given to me is that it's taught me that it's possible as someone who has experienced, you know, feelings and thoughts of self-harm and suicide in my past, it's taught me to experience waking up every day and being like, well, I'm happy to be alive. Like, I'm really happy to be alive. And that, being able to say that, feels like a big step from where I used to be several years ago. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my overall unapologetic, not official medical advice journey of experiencing antidepressants and being thankful for the journey as well. Um, and I wanted to share this, especially ahead of Suicide Prevention Day, which is coming up on September 5th. Um, I have a lot of friends who've had similar experiences with antidepressants where they either wish that they started it sooner or had friends who weren't able to get the right mental health support or, um, you know, immediate emergency support of medication um, to prevent suicide. So um, I hope that if you're experiencing any suicidal ideation, not even planning, but ideation um, and really questioning your self-worth, one, you're not alone. Two, help is out there. And three, we'll make sure that when we, when we put out this podcast, we provide many resources. If you are looking for help, want to call a hotline um, or just want to be kind of in more community with people who might be experiencing the same thing. You've been listening to Tigress. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A huge thank you to my team at DCP. They've been an incredible support in putting this series together. And I hope you keep listening at anywhere you stream your podcasts. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.